0: I'm Lonnie Edwards, the founder of The Dog Agency and Pet Insider, and you're listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. This is a show about the latest and greatest across the pet world. Whether you're a pet parent or just a little pet crazy, Pet Insider has you covered. We get it. We're obsessed,
1: too. We were just walking around the West Village one day and just started talking about how it's really annoying that one of us has to go into the coffee shop and the other person has to wait on the sidewalk with the dogs. And we kind of noticed that there was like a whole group of people. And it was around the time that a bunch of cat cafes had opened in New York. So we figured, let's just go meet with the health department. The cat cafes have figured out a way to do it. Let's see if there's something that we could do. That was Logan Mickley,
0: co-founder of Boris and Horton, New York City's first dog-friendly cafe. Logan will discuss the special approvals she had to get from the city to make it happen, what it's like running a company with her father, and all the fun events that take place at Boris and Horton. Now let's get back to Logan. So you started Boris and Horton, which is New York City's first dog-friendly cafe.
1: How did you do that? So we started the cafe because both me and my dad are obsessed with our dogs and we love coffee and we wanted to get into something new. We were just walking around the West Village one day and just started talking about how it's really annoying that one of us has to go into the coffee shop and the other person has to wait on the sidewalk with the dogs. And we kind of noticed that there was like a whole group of people and it was around the time that a bunch of cat cafes had opened in New York. So we figured, let's just go meet with the health department. The cat cafes have figured out a way to do it. Let's see if there's something that we could do. Yeah. I just started with a meeting with the health department. They were extremely helpful in telling us how we had to set up the space, but basically, we took their direction. We found a really amazing corner location in the East Village right by Tompkins Square Park. And we have it set up so that there's the cafe side and the dog side so that the dogs don't actually go up to the cafe counter. But it's the exact same sort of cafe experience that you would get where you sit and eat and drink with your dogs and socialize. And it's become a really just friendly, super positive environment. And we're so happy with how everything turned out. What was that process like meeting with the health department, reaching out to them? How did you figure out who the right people to talk to were? That was definitely a challenge. Like getting someone on the phone and explaining what you're trying to do in order to even get that appointment. I was like, oh, I'm trying to open a dog-friendly coffee shop. And they were like, no, you can't do that. (laughs) Um, So we had somebody who was introduced to us and basically their job is to be a consultant for people who are trying to navigate the whole health department world. So he made a recommendation on a specific person that we could talk to. So we went that route. And as soon as we sat down to meet with them, she was like, oh, I understand what you're trying to do. Here's how you would do it. It didn't seem like she really liked dogs or was like excited <laughs> for us, but she was just very matter of fact on like how we would have to set it up. and. She was the same person who had done a lot of the permitting for the cat cafe, so she was pretty familiar with the whole setup from that. Was she a cat person? She was like a not animal person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think like for her, having pets and food together is like not, she thinks it's like stressful and dirty. We were going to move forward with this idea and it's better for her to kind of work with us and have us do it exactly how it should be done than, than like set up the space and then call them, so... So what are the rules? Like what did you have to navigate to make it okay to happen? The biggest thing for us is that we have these double doors between the cafe, actual like food prep, coffee prep area and where you hang out with your dog, and the double doors have an outlet to the street. So there's something for the health department where they feel like if there's an opportunity to go out into open air, like they're good and you can have the two side by side spaces, but we have to have a separate staff on the dog side. So if you work at the coffee bar and go to the dog side and then come back to the coffee bar, like that's a big no, no, because essentially you're contaminated once you've gone over to the dog side. So our staff is separate, all of our storage is separate, and then we have to use disposable plates and cups because you can't bring over like a ceramic cup to the dog side and then bring it back to the cafe to be washed because it's contaminated. So all of these things that are kind of crazy, especially to people like us who like sleep with their dogs (laughs) and like make out with their dogs, we're like, (laughs) it's a little bit much, but like we have the full list. Like we understand what we have to do and I think the fact that we set it up right from the get go, it's kind of been easy to um, manage. So when you're on the dog side, you can order things, right? Or how
0: does that work?
1: Yes. So we actually just with our new space rollout tomorrow, we're we're getting bigger in size. You can now order on the dog side. So all you have to do is just hop over to the cafe side to pick up your order. But what we've been doing up until that point is if you come by yourself with your dog, you just use our cafe window. We have like a walk up window on the street and then grab everything and bring it into the dog side. Or if you're in a group, one person hangs out with the dogs on the dog side like gets comfortable gets a table while the other person goes up to the counter so these are all things that like just add like one more step but I think people are pretty understanding because the other option was like tying their dogs up outside or leaving them at home which no one wants to do yeah, we don't we're not good with that <laughs> when you were finding that space were there things you had to keep
0: in mind when finding the space to begin with to make sure it was easy to kind of break yeah it up?
1: I think the big thing that This space and any new spaces we look for, we're always looking for a corner location just because when you kind of split it in half and then with the coffee window, it works out best to do a corner location because if it's in the middle of the block, then you end up with two very narrow sides and it's just kind of hard to see what's going on. And then the other thing is just, we really wanted to be close to a dog park. So we're right by Tompkins Square Park. So we've become kind of like a stop on the way to or from the dog park. And we give out a ton of free treats to dogs. So everybody's <laughs> like, my dog pulls me over from like three blocks away. Uh, so it's it's Very like an easy, marketing. yeah. <laughs> pretty cheap, pretty dog, easy, the yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so even kind of, I guess, going farther back, finding real estate in New York, what was that process like? Did you have any experience, either you or your dad, in doing that before you jumped into this?
1: No. Uh, I would say my dad, his previous company, we had a really big like office space, so he knew a little bit more about like negotiating leases and things like that. But uh, this is our first sort of retail and food and beverage endeavor, so it was definitely a little bit different. But we looked at a couple places that after negotiations and explaining what we were trying to do kind of fell through but we feel like it led us to the perfect spot. But yeah, we were just kind of obsessively looking at searches and we had a family friend who was helping us. So we just were touring places nonstop. And it was really true that the second we saw this one, we were like, okay, this is it. It totally (laughs) works. Like it makes sense. The layout makes sense. The neighborhood's good. And the other cool thing about the East Village where we are is there's a ton of like new apartment buildings, luxury condos, things like that. So we felt like we can kind of grow with the neighborhood. How long was that search process? The search process was probably a couple months, but the bigger thing is like then you have to go into negotiations for the lease. So I think we found this space maybe in June, and we didn't open until February.
0: And then with the requirements for a cafe in general, not to mention the whole dog element, what was that process like in getting the approvals you needed to serve food and drink?
1: It was actually pretty standard. So the way that we're set up, when they come to look at us for our health department um, permitting and inspections, they only look at the cafe side because they consider it two separate spaces because we did set it up correctly with the double doors. So it was like your standard permitting experience, which is still a lot, but we have a really great operations manager who comes with that food and beverage background, which is invaluable for us. So we definitely needed that. One thing that was kind of fun and interesting is we got to go to a community board meeting to talk about our beer and wine permit. So we were answering like really funny questions from concerned neighbors and things like that. And those are just like very high drama and really entertaining. So I think I'm just going to start going to those meetings for fun now. (laughs) Wait, can you tell us more about that? Oh, I hope they're not listening, but there was a lady (laughs) who is eating corn on the cob while she was like (laughs) while she was asking us questions it's just a very like a real ragtag group of concerned people who sit on a panel and then there's like an, an audience and i think a lot of people are going just for like the entertainment factor it's just very dramatic there's like yelling and standing and we unanimously pass. but the big thing which I think was pretty funny was everyone was very concerned that there was going to be like poop everywhere because of the dogs like what are you going to do with all the poop I'm like I feel like it's going to be normal but like we'll we'll clean it and they're like okay approved (laughs) what other kinds of questions do they ask you They asked a lot about soundproofing, which is pretty legitimate. And we don't get a ton of barking or loud noise, but we did add some extra soundproofing to our ceiling because we do have residential tenants above us. And then just like, what happens if there's a dog fight or like, how do we manage the situation? And we came pretty prepared. We actually worked with the school for the dogs on a staff training manual and we have some house rules for guests and things like that. So they were pretty comfortable with all of our answers and everything has sort of gone according to plan. And how did you find your operations manager and build out the team? We found them using, it's like a search engine meant for like food and beverage industry. And she just had a profile posted and she had a lot of experience. She came from Milk bar, and uh, she had worked at at Roberta's and Polly G's. So we liked that she came from some like bigger brand sort of food and beverage places because our hope is that we want to grow into multiple locations and she's been through that before. And then she's also a crazy dog person like (laughs) us. So I think she genuinely enjoys working in the environment.
0: And what is it like working with your dad?
1: I love it. I think (laughs) my brothers think I'm crazy, and he's truly the most like unique and ridiculous and really fun person, but we really get each other and i think our like strengths complement each other that's just not to say that there isn't some arguments and fighting and things like that but the thing that we always say is like we can get into it over business and then say like okay you want to go grab lunch or you know we could talk about personal things and we're always there for each other so we have a good separation between work and personal and i just am super grateful that he wanted to go on this crazy journey with me and he is like a really big picture big ideas guy and like it's been a pleasure working with him. And what were you doing before you started Boris and Horton? So my background is in animal rescue. I used to live in New Orleans and worked with a small rescue called Used Dogs and That's my major passion. Did a ton of fostering and volunteer coordination and events and things like that. And then I moved to New York probably six years ago where I worked with my dad at his previous company. I thought it was just going to be like an internship while I looked for another job, but I ended up really liking it. And his company is called Charity Buzz, and it's an online auction company that raises money for nonprofits. So I was an account manager there, and a lot of my clients were actually different dog charities. So uh, it was nice to be able to do something that I really liked while working with him. And he sold the company a couple of years ago, so we just wanted to do something we both really loved, and it it felt like a really good next step.
0: How did you get into the dog space even before you started doing all the faster rescue adoption stuff?
1: So I always grew up with dogs, and I'm the type of person, I think probably like like you, that you see a dog on the street and you have to stop or you have to like smile at them, and <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep going. So I've always been super into dogs, but in New Orleans, there's a ton of stray dogs. There's just like a really big stray dog population and there's a lot of opportunities to volunteer and help there. People don't really spay and neuter their pets the way that we do here. They don't treat them like family members. So I just found a rescue that I really liked and totally dove in. It started where I was just fostering a little bit, going to adoption events and then joined the board. And then the woman who ran it actually passed away. And I didn't know this at the time, but as a board member, it became like my responsibility. The way that the bylaws were written, so it became my rescue for a little bit. And so I worked with the volunteers to like rehome all of the dogs, and then eventually we closed it down. But um, it was definitely a really big part of my life for a while. And so, who are Boris and Horton? Oh, I love that question. So Horton is my dog, and he's a eight year old like Chihuahua Poodle mix, and he's definitely like a grumpy old man he works at Boris and Horton on Fridays and so he comes in with me at like 6:45 in the morning and he's really charming and super cute until like noon and then he's like really grouchy and somebody usually has to come pick him up he's he's uh he's very opinionated and uh, he hates puppies but otherwise he's perfect <laughs> and the really fun thing about him is we get a lot of customers who come in without dogs and just want to like sit amongst dogs or pet them or whatever and he will sit in anyone's lap like the second you sit down like he just pops onto your lap so he he's perfect and then Boris is like a furry pitbull mix and I actually found him through Instagram like I think I use like the hashtag like big furry dog or something. And he was at a rescue in DC and he's originally from Puerto Rico. I convinced my dad to adopt him, I should say, when he was probably like nine months old. Now he's about three. He's so sweet, really affectionate, but he can't spend very long in the cafe either because he's just big and rambunctious and he usually gets into like some sort of trouble. So he will sit outside on the bench a lot so you said you get in at six in the morning so uh like six forty-five. 45 yeah. that's so early yeah so I don't work the morning shift too often that's better for my dad because he wakes up at like five thirty in the morning anyway and he's like fully energized immediately so he does a lot more of the morning shifts I just do a few I'm less of a morning person than him <laughs> and then when are you guys there till the end of the day so there's two shifts. If you come in for the six forty five, you usually stay till around four. And then there's like a four to close. So that's usually four to nine. So we spend a lot of time in the cafe and then there's just like a lot of other work, like a lot of communication. We do a lot of events and things like that. So it takes up takes up a lot of time. Yeah, you guys are open like all day then. Yeah. So speaking of events, can you touch on that a little bit? Events are definitely my favorite part of having the cafe. We do adoption events a lot. And so we've connected a lot of our customers to dogs and then we get to see them come back to the cafe. So. They'll be, like, on the adoption van outside the cafe looking kind of sad. And then they'll come in, like, a week later, like, with an awesome bandana and, like, fancy (laughs) leash. And they're, like, eating donuts. It's great. And then we do breed meetups. So on Monday nights, we'll just pick a breed and then, like, invite them all to the cafe. So it started with a random, like, Pomeranian meetup that happened just somehow. There was, like, 10 Pomeranians in the cafe at the same time. So we just, and people were, like, flipping out. It was really fun. And they played super well together. Other. so we decided to like make it a thing so Monday nights we do different breeds I think our next one is going to be a sighthound meetup so that's like greyhounds yeah, I'm very excited for that one and then uh, we're doing Thursday night trivia night so Dan Shackner who's the puppy bowl ref is going to be our host it's ten dollars to play the money's going to shadow project and it's going to be all dog themed and I actually had a call with him yesterday and he's taking it very seriously <laughs> the prep and I'm just very excited because it's going to be run like Real strict, but there's going to be some really fun, exciting questions. And we were talking about having a tiebreaker uh, round where, like, your dog has to finish a dog puzzle, and whoever's dog finishes first is the winner. So there it's going to be great. <laughs> and then we also do birthday parties and corporate events and things like that. So now that we have the bigger space, we can definitely focus on doing more of those. Like, we did Chloe Cardagian's birthday, which was a Golden Girls theme, and she had cheesecake. She had an outfit change but she was wearing like this amazing pink silk like robe thing it was great did you always anticipate having events there or did that kind of just happen I think it just kind of happened we knew that we were gonna do a few adoption events but once word got out about the cafe and there was sort of a buzz around it before we opened, we just started getting a lot of emails in and interest and things that we never thought of came up we did like a Valentine's Day pity party Um, So yeah, just we love a theme. We also do bingo night with badass where it's like older dogs. It's encouraged to wear like a sweatsuit and a visor. So we have a lot of fun with it and it just keeps kind of getting bigger and bigger.
0: And with the expansion, did you guys plan on that from the beginning or did a space just become available next door? How did that happen?
1: We thought it was gonna be a possibility from the beginning because the the person, the tenant next door we knew was thinking about leaving. So when we opened, I think a few weeks later he ended up leaving and then we started negotiating for the space. So we were hoping that the interest in the space would warrant an expansion, which it has. and I think it's been in we've been planning it for probably like three, four months now. And your event calendar
0: is booked. You literally yeah. have stuff. <laughs> what is that? Do you plan the events? Is that kind of within your role?
1: Yes. Yeah. So I plan all of the events. So I get all of the incoming stuff from our website, which is a lot of them. And then I just reach out to people that I think would be interesting. Like Dan with the trivia, he happens to live really close to us and he comes into the cafe and he has such a great personality that I just asked him and he emailed back and he's like, I've been waiting for you to ask. (laughs) So I feel like things have just happened really organically, which is really nice. But yeah, we're always open to new ideas. And now that we have the bigger space, I think we can accommodate new and exciting things. We actually have a cool corporate event coming up that's gonna be open to all of our customers. It's a dog food brand where they're supplying the food for the dogs for a Saturday afternoon and we're doing a complimentary like human menu. So essentially if there's like carrots in the dog food, we're going to do a dish that has carrots so you can kind of eat the same thing as your dog. So yeah, the the possibilities are sort of endless. Kind of touching on that a little bit more, how do you and your dad split up who does what? So he definitely spends a little bit more time in the cafe than I do. He he's everybody's favorite. He has a huge personality <laughs> and he's just super welcoming and he is very involved in everyone's personal life in the cafe. <laughs> like he knows if you went on a date, he knows if you drank too much last night. Like he just knows everything. Um but the one thing that we well first we disagreed on it and now he's ceded the responsibility to me, but there was a big like Instagram strategy. was a big thing because he wanted to see more food and beverage photos and i was like food and beverage photos do not get likes we need dogs in every picture so he's given up and it's fully me now but (laughs) (laughs) yeah we we just kind of support each other he is super helpful and gets involved wherever he can but he's like the biggest networker and is always meeting new people so that definitely helps
0: can you talk about some of your regulars
1: yeah i love the regulars um (laughs) So yeah, like I said, we give a ton of free treats to the dogs. So that means that they literally pull their owners in. Well, every morning, Zero comes in and she's like this amazing little golden dog with curly hair and she wears the like snow boots every day. Um, And she comes in for her treats, but we actually were told that we can't give her so many because she's become obsessed. (laughs) Because she lives next door, so she comes in multiple (laughs) times a day. Yeah, she's cut off. We have Reggie, who's a pit bull, who actually came to like a press event that we did before we opened as an adoptable dog with foster dogs. And then one day I was in the cafe and he came in with his new owner and they come in the evenings, he loves tug-of-war. We have a dog named Colonel who lives around the corner. And he actually like doesn't really like other dogs, but not in an aggressive way. Like He just goes out of his way to like not be touched by them and just makes a beeline to the register to get treats. <laughs> and he actually doesn't even really want to be pet, but he, like, he'll allow you to feed him. He's, he's really cute, though, and he looks good in a rain jacket. We have Cosmo, who's a Frenchie and everybody loves him because he's super playful he can play with anyone he loves tug of war they, he also comes in the evening most of the time and then ripley is another favorite she lives in Stytown town and she comes in a few times a day and she also can play with anyone so sometimes You'll come to the cafe and there's like a dog really looking for a good like wrestle session and there's no one indulging them. Like when my dog's there, he's not really trying to play. So like if a Ripley or a Cosmo comes in, you know that like the party is going to start. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and when we came in, there was that adorable pup whose back legs didn't work.
1: Yeah, that's Sam. Sam, he was
0: so cute. So
1: sadly, Sam just moved to New Jersey. No. But they said he's going to come back for a birthday party, so... Oh, he's yeah, the sad. sweetest. He's really sweet. But he's another one where like he doesn't really want to be pet. He just wants to be fed. And he like zooms in over to the treats. But he's really cute because they'll take his wheels off once he gets there. And he just moves along like any like other dog. Slides like so yeah. easily. He's like yeah. <laughs> lining across. <laughs> yeah, he's graceful. He likes bully sticks a lot. His, he sometimes gets in trouble because he begs too hard. But like how do you say <laughs> how do you say no to him? <laughs> so
0: cute. Yeah. So to make your dad happy can you talk about the food and drink offerings?
1: Yeah of course. <laughs> it makes me happy too. I just think in photos we, we need a dog. And and I'm happy to do like a drink with a dog in it but you know. You just need the dog. We need the dog. Um, yeah so our coffee is from City of Saints which is a roastery in Brooklyn and we have a seasonal beverage menu named after the different like staff dogs. So Horton's is like a spicy mocha. The Boris is a drip coffee with espresso, which kind of makes sense for my dad because he drinks like a pot of coffee a day. So it's like gives you that extra kick. Uh, We have the Eloise, which is Melissa, our operations manager's dog. And that's definitely the favorite. It's a maple latte with sea salt. And then we have the, yeah, it's really good. We have the lassi, which is a lavender latte, which that recipe came from City of Saints. And then we also do pastries. We have salads. We have a bunch of different toasts, like avocado toast, white bean and tahini toast. And then we do grilled cheeses all day. So that kind of takes you into the evening with the beer and wine. But we're all vegetarian, all super local ingredients. And I don't really ever get sick of the menu. I eat most of my meals there. So I think it's great. Who came up with the menu? It was a collaborative effort between probably me and Melissa. We did a lot of pastry tasting. (laughs) And then we we do cheese plates with Murray's cheese and all of the cheese for our grilled cheese are from there.
0: I'm just going to move in.
1: Yeah, it's great. (laughs) It's a really cheese-heavy menu, actually, but there's there's no problem with that.
0: (laughs) When did you start serving beer and wine?
1: So we were approved to serve beer and wine when we opened, but through some red tape issues, we didn't actually get the the stamp on the form or whatever it is until probably like three weeks after we open, but we serve it all day. And we do a lot of different beer specials. Like we have $3 beer on Mondays. And if you buy a coffee in the morning and you bring your receipt back, you get $2 off beer in one. So we we try to encourage the drinking. (laughs) I love that. And how long have you been open? Only six months. So we opened in February. And we are super focused on this new space, but the plan is hopefully in the next few months to start looking at additional locations. Oh wow, that's fast. Well, the thing is, even the health department told us, they're like, if you have a new concept like this, you need to move quickly with it because somebody will be on your tail, so. If you look at the cat cafes, three of them open like in succession. So we just want to sort of continue to be the leader in this space. And we get people who come from like the West Side, Uptown, Queens. Like we get asked for additional locations all the time. And the fact that people will come all the way to 12th and A for it kind of tells us that we should be in every neighborhood.
0: Yeah. Where do you think you're looking to go next?
1: I think West Village or Chelsea would be good. I mean, there's a, a big population of dog owners i think it's sort of like a young outgoing type of person and we just are always looking for people who treat their dogs like their babies so i think it's a good spot We should open one around here
0: madison square park is pretty close yeah it's
1: true <laughs> and then we can
0: just like go every day yeah <laughs> perfect why do you think the cat cafe is open before the
1: dog cafes i don't know <laughs> I yeah I don't get it because at least in my experience are more enthusiastic about their dogs so I'm not exactly sure why I know that they're big in Japan maybe it came that way from Japan but they are a little bit different in that the cat cafes there's cats that actually live there whereas like we're asking to bring your dog so potentially it was like a little bit easier of a s- setup for them
0: but yeah. do people bring their cats to cat cafes too I don't think just- that's a
1: thing but we did have a lady who called me. And she's like, I'm standing outside and I have my cat on a leash. Can we come in? And I was like, absolutely not. Like, that's not going to end well for the cat. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So there's apparently, at least this lady thinks there's a need for like a bring your own cat cafe.
0: (laughs) Are there dog cafes in other cities?
1: Yes. So New York happens to be super strict on the way... That you can serve food and drink and dogs so there's other cities where if you're just serving beverages you can have dogs in there so there's you'll see a lot of like breweries and things like that that allow dogs in other cities like i used to live in new orleans and you could bring a dog anywhere i think their health department just is a little more whatever about it so i think it's definitely a thing i believe maybe it's in texas there's one that's sort of like a dog park slash bar so it's more outdoorsy which is great but i think having the indoor spaces is really good for new york because our weather can get really bad like we're super busy in february and march because people don't want to sit in the dog park
0: i know you said you worked with school of the dogs to put together a little manual how do you make sure that all the dogs are safe and that there isn't anything bad going on
1: so we have house rules that we post I actually just printed up an even bigger poster but we don't allow any super rough play Um, We note that any unneutered or unspayed animals might sort of change up the play dynamic. Does that mean they're not allowed? No, we just keep them on sort of a closer watch. And then we also talk about resource guarding. So we don't ever want somebody to be chewing like a bully stick and then walk away from it and have another dog try to grab it, that sort of thing. But our staff is super well trained in dog body language. If there is playing, we're always in the middle of it. And we like to make sure that the there's breaks in play every couple, probably like 30 seconds or so, because energy does build and that's when you get a fight. So if two dogs are wrestling super, super hard, we'll do like a little treat break <laughs> or their owners will pull them back because it, it's not the dog park. Like we do want it to be calmer than that. And we just want to make sure that two dogs don't get super excited and then introduce a new dog and there's a fight. So we've never really had any major issues. I think the type of people who are bringing their dogs to a dog cafe sort of know that they can handle it. Like I said, Horton doesn't last very long and Boris only sits outside, so (laughs) people know their dogs. But the other thing that we're excited about with the new space is I think that we're going to get even better dog play sessions because there is a little bit more room. Like right now we're asking dogs to meet each other in sort of a small space, but if there's more room, I think we can have more dogs and have even more fun play.
0: So New you building it out and figuring out the look and feel, I mean, people might not know it's a, a dog place from the outside because it's so beautiful. What was your thought process there?
1: Well, we wanted to build a place that we like, so <laughs> it's sort of based on our design aesthetic. And one of the fun things with me and my dad is we always agree, but we didn't want it to be super kitschy or too cutesy because it is a place that you go grab coffee every day so we wanted it to feel comfortable and as much like your typical coffee shop as possible except that your dog can comfortably sit with you or hang out with you but there are some considerations that we made like the cushions that we have on the back of your seat are super wipeable and easy to clean. We don't have, for instance, like a tree in the space or any sort of plants on the ground because dogs do lift their legs. When we did our retail, we also thought about like what things the dogs will touch and get into. Um, we look at like the lower level. The doors on the space are sort of blocked out up to a couple feet because if you have a dog like looking out onto the street they might be distracted or be barking or things like that and then we also did poured concrete for the floors so that if there is an accident it's not a big deal it's not like a beautiful hardwood it's very easy to clean so we wanted it to look really great and look like a trendy coffee shop in the east village but nothing's too precious nothing's difficult to clean you can't really ruin anything it's very durable but I think the fact that we have regulars and we have people um, who live in the neighborhood and have good taste we wanted them to feel comfortable is it like a date spot yes and actually the other day I had somebody come in and he was doing like back-to-back dates with different people (laughs) and I was just like all right I'm on to you sir but he was like I'm gonna park here and like the girls are gonna come to me it was very entertaining for me. Um, but yeah, it's, like, it's a great date spot, and I love that because I actually brought my dog on my first date with my husband, so I'm very pro bring your dog. I'm kind of, can be shy sometimes, and I think having a dog with me, like I have something to do with my hands, like we have something to talk about. So I think it's a great date location, and we actually want to do some like date nights, not like speed dating, but maybe partner with an app or something and make it a meetup spot. But yeah, we get a lot of people who will come in for a beer or some dessert in the evening with their dogs. And it's also a great way to test if the two dogs get along with each other because that's as important as if the, the two people do. So they're, they're testing each other out too. Yeah. <laughs> Sniffing each other out. <laughs> yes.
0: And you work with a ton of nonprofits. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so that's a, a big piece of what we do is the animal rescue work. Something that going into it we knew would be really important. But the thing that's been really fun and surprising is we get these adoption vans to park outside and somehow our neighbors have not been mad at us yet they think it's cute but we kind of take over the block with adoptable dogs and it's great because the type of adopter that you get in the east village is super high quality as compared to maybe like union square just because that's a much busier crazier spot so it's been really good for the rescues and we get new customers from it so they They will invite people to the adoptions who know that they're going to come pick up a dog. So they're like, come to Boris and Horton, we're there on Saturday to pick up your dog. And of course, they get a coffee and they might get a leash or a collar for their dog, some items for them, and maybe they'll bring them back next week just to hang out. And then um, we also get your people who are coming for coffee and they see the van parked outside. So it's been really mutually beneficial. And then whenever we do like a trivia night or a bingo night or tasting or anything like that, we try to build in a percentage of the ticket sales to send them to a nonprofit. Do you just alternate who you send money to? We try to work with um, ones that we think are responsible and doing a really good job and through the cafe we've been able to meet a lot of different rescues and nonprofits probably the one that we work with the most is foster dogs because sarah's amazing you know, Sarah, yeah just in. <laughs> oh nice yeah we just so we worked with her when we had the press events and she obviously coordinates amongst different rescues and she's just super responsible responsive her volunteers are really great so she's at the top of our wish list when we want to Send money to a nonprofit or invite them to something. So she's a crazy calendar, but if she's available, we always like to have her. And then in terms of adoption events, we work with Muddy Paws a lot. They have a big adoption van that they get from North Shore, um, and they bring the cutest dogs, which is always fun for us. And then we also work with Animal Control a lot, which I think is very cool because I think that they work really hard to network their dogs, and you're really adopting a dog that might not have a chance elsewhere. And you mentioned Sato earlier. Yeah. So we haven't done an adoption event with Sato Project yet, but Dan, who's hosting our trivia, works with them a lot. So we figured um, it would be, it would make sense for him because he's super involved. That's sort of his rescue of choice. Oh, and Boris is from Puerto Rico, so. What is in your favorite event? My favorite event was probably our pug meetup. (laughs) And that one came together kind of randomly. Food Network reached out to us. Um, they were taping Reality Cupcakes, which is some cupcake reality show. And they wanted to do an episode centered around dogs. So the idea was that they were baking a cupcake that both a person and a dog could eat. And they saw, they looked at our calendar and saw that we had a pug meet up with Boogie, Boogie the Pug. And they asked if they can come to that. And Boogie like really delivered. He brought so many pugs and it was just crazy. Like you look down at the floor and there was just like pugs everywhere and they were eating like these crazy pastries. They had like food all over their face. Everyone was laughing. All the people were drinking beer. Like it was just a really fun, ridiculous atmosphere that I don't think could have happened anywhere else. And we're actually planning another pug meetup in the new space next month. So I think we're going to pack it with even more pugs. Do you take videos from these events? I try to, but it's really hard. I think I need to take a little course on dog videoing. I'm good (laughs) with the photos, but it's very hard. Like they move a lot. And also with the smaller space, it's, we didn't plan it as like a Instagram backdrop sort of thing, like, and whenever I take a video, it's like the trash cans there. Or like, there's just like something that's bothering me in the background. But with the new space, there's like beautiful backdrops everywhere and super colorful. So I'm excited to have sort of a new, new space to video in. Like a GoPro on the ceiling or something, and just like, like I want the dogs <laughs> to wear GoPros. Well, I've we do. That. I sometimes. When I'm not in the cafe, I'll just take a look at like our security camera when I'm at home <laughs> to like see what dogs are there.
0: <laughs> so future plans, you're looking for your next location. Do you think you'll expand beyond New York City? Do you want to just kind of take over New York City? What are your plans?
1: Our more immediate plans are to be in a few neighborhoods in New York. I think that we could probably open three to four, and it'd be the right number, eventually we would like to take it to LA. Uh, I think it would do really well there. And I think we also have a similar sort of dog culture where LA people also treat their dogs like their babies. So that's our next spot. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming in.
0: That was Logan Mickley, co-founder of Boris and Horton, New York City's first dog-friendly cafe. To learn more and to stay up to date on all their upcoming events, visit borisandhorton.com and follow Boris and Horton on Instagram. Want even more access to Everything Pet? Get your ticket to PetCon. PetCon will take place November 17th and 18th at the Javits Center in New York City. PetCon is two days of meet and greets with your favorite Instagram pets, fun activations, insightful panels, a highly curated selection of awesome and innovative products for your shopping pleasure, and of course, lots of adorable, adaptable pets. Tickets are going fast. Make sure to get yours today at petcon.co. That's P E T C O N.co. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please leave us an awesome review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you have any pet-related topics you want us to cover, email us at podcast at petinsider.com. To listen to past episodes, visit petinsider.com slash podcast. I'm Lonnie Edwards, and thank you for listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. Talk soon!